Hey, what is up designers and welcome back to the Grand Design Podcast. Um, I stepped out on, a, um, on the porch, on the porch, in the parking garage about 5 a.m. yesterday. And uh, it was a lot on my mind, a lot on my chest, I had a lot to say. And so this episode is more like just like a, a, a deep dive, a rant on, you know, the world at large. So it just this doesn't, really, uh, doesn't really need a big introduction. So I'm just going to send you to the theme music and you can listen to the episode. The title and the description will say it all anyway in the episode itself. So, um, yeah, if you enjoy this episode, rate and uh, subscribe and leave a review and things like that. I appreciate you. Here's the theme music. How do people like us, the visionaries, the creatives, real people with real ideas, people who don't have mass budgets, platforms, or teams, and people who live in this noisy world dominated by internet gurus, influencers, and big brands, the people attempting to make a dream on our own dollar, how do we get our ideas to pierce through all the noise in not only a massive, but a massively profitable way? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dallas, and this is Grand Design, the podcast about taking the ideas in your head, pushing them out into the world, and informing mass movements. Man, I can't tell you how much I just really hate the futility of words, man. You feel so passionate about your viewpoint of the world and what people should experience and how people should live, man. I just want people to be happy a lot of the times, man. I really, 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 really feel bad when other people, I feel like other people aren't living to the extent of happiness that they can. And when I watch people I love and people I care about become slowly every day more and more corrupted by ideals that will tear them apart and, and, and tarnish them as they go on and live life, particularly the idea of people like looping on negative thoughts and negative days and, you know, things that stroke fear into their heart. And like a lot of people I love are being corrupted throughout time. And it, like, I hate just having deep conversations with them and I can feel in the air after the conversation that nothing has changed and like they're like you know why are you still ranting why are you still talking about this like why, why are you droning on and on I'm like you have to understand like I just want them to understand and feel happy so bad and it's just you know it's a frustrating thing man it's a frustrating thing um man but this is not what this podcast episode is about um but man, I want to read y'all this uh, Kendrick Lamar verse that kind of, you know, in a way, maybe more overt way than I originally uh, thought before I re- reread it just now. It's this Kendrick Lamar verse that kind of explained a little bit of how I was feeling in the past. You know what I mean? Um, I got the verse up on screen. I think I can bring it up. It says, okay, here's a verse. It was off of, uh, he was freestyling. You can look up the verse on YouTube. It's like Kendrick Lamar freestyles over New York old style Biggie beats or something like that. Okay one of the most amazing verses I've seen in my life. He said, you never knew a plug, 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 a plug like this. He said, sophisticated gangster, watch me thug like this. Snatch your uh in the club like this. Seven zeros need my pub like this. All right, that wasn't like, you know what I mean, along the lines of what I'm talking about. But then he said, stuck in a rock in a hard place. I am thinking I won't bump y'all up. Well, I am. I got to get my thing off. My style coming from a... Devin the dude corrupt too and James Brown with his frisk cross. I 
fluctuate through I fluctuate through vocals like Prince Rogers. Whoever thought a billionaire come out of Compton, multiply simple logic is rules you can follow it. So he's talking about like he's come up and like the way he's feeling, like he feel powerful, you know what I mean? He said, if drain motivation, I don't know who is. This is when he started getting to it. He said, if drain motivation, I don't know who is. Gifting a curse, maybe them shoes is too big. Or maybe I'm too pessimistic to know I'm gifted. Chasing chasing hood rat brownie points and bullshit. Then he said, I dropped the four on him, scraping hot before on him, grab my dick and pour on him. Yeah, homie, I'm still talking that like check this out. Check this out. This is this is like the visualization of this last few lines is like crazy. He said, Yeah, homie, I'm still talking that whoop de whoop. Hopping out on my enemies, I know who to shoot. Back with my homies where I need to be. Such a film familiar sceneries, I smell the gun smoke. I watched the homie watch his sun smoke. I seen the sunset on my set. I seen one ruin, one loke. One slipped and one played him close. And he said, Everything's subject to change. Nowadays, the Compton Crip card kill each other faster than the opposite color. Homies whack out on everything. You're dead, homie. You're dead, homie. Your mother, your uncle, your brother. If God was a loke, he probably had one coming. Damn, it's fucked up. So he's saying, like, he's back on the block. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's back around his crew. And, like, he know what's what. Like, he know, like, he's, he's even though he's an international superstar, he's still attuned and custom to the life. And, like, but he's looking at it through, like, new, like, new eyes since he's been around the world at this point in time. And so, like, he's looking at the situations that have occurred in front of him every day, like, from a different like perspective now like it's just so powerful like he said back with my homies where i need to be such a familiar sceneries i smell the gun smoke i watched the homie watch his son smoke like you see his homies so desensitized to it and kendrick Lowe, like was at first but like he's watching it through new eyes for the first time and he's like like just taking taking them in like and then uh he said if god was low he probably had one i'm gonna continue the verse and he said is this this last line just really put it in perspective for me? So I'm gonna start from the top, not from the top top, but like to the um. I watched the homie watch the sun smoke. He said, "Such a familiar sceneries. I smelled the gun smoke. I watched the homie watch his sun smoke. I seen the sunset on my set. I seen one rule and one lope. One slipped and one played him close. Everything subject to change nowadays. The company crip car kill each other faster than the opposite color. Homies whack out on everything. You're dead, homie. It's your mother, your uncle, your brother. If God was a Loki, probably had one coming. Damn, that's fucked up." Then he said, I guess it is. Well, you can't trust not a soul inside these streets. I made a video out there in Copenhagen so the homies could see to let them know it's more than just Pamela. They said, good looking. Pause the video the moment his phone ring. That fast dollar was his only problem. No matter how many times I showed him the Eiffel Tower, the block was home in Africa was too far from power. Then I knew. Like, so I'm just reading like this, this, this verse. And like he say, like, I made a video out there in Copenhagen. He made a video from somewhere all around the world so the homies can see. To let them know it's just more than Pamelie. They say good looking. But he paused the video the moment his phone rang. That fast dollar was his only problem. No matter how many times he showed him the Eiffel Tower. The block was home in Africa. Like no matter how many times you show him something different. The environment and the world around him has just got his attention. And, and like he's fixated on it. He can't break away from it. Like. Like that's just some of like some of like the most deep shit I ever heard in my life. Like because it's like you'll go out into the world, you experience things, you'll learn things, you go on the internet, like, and you'll learn so much about the world and so much about what's stifling us and what's making people happy. You know, not even in like a woke way. And this is a lot of times information that people know, but they just don't implement. It's like it's not secrets in the world. There are no secrets in the world. And it'll be like things like okay, if you want to, you know 
have a better brain function and be more happy and more fulfilled in your life and do your daily activity, you got to do the working out thing. And it's like, no, like, and people can't see the merits of it because everything that's being jammed in front of them and just like stifling and choking their perspective and it's just like strange and like, and it is such a bad feeling to see people wilt and see people unhappy and see people anger, angry and not living the lives that, you know, that they want as provided by their own definitions of life because of these constraints. And I know I say this every episode, but that's what this podcast is about. Um, man, it's just such a heartbreaker, man. It's a heartbreaking thing. It's so heartbreaking. You know, like it's so fucking heartbreaking, bro. Like just to see this, like, and to see people live out patterns, it's like people don't even realize, man, like all those things that's being jammed in front of him. He said, good looking. And pause the video, his phone ring. That fast dollar was his only problem. That addiction to a fast dollar. Same way some people might be addicted to like meat, like all the ideas that are coming through the television screen, all the ideas that are coming to them through like media and things like that. It's a pure addiction. And it's just like watching somebody wilt off a fucking crack rock. And people won't see that like the parallels between a fucking crack rock a piece of heroin and literally an idea that's fucking wilting and destroying their mind and killing them the same exact way and it's like man it's just like watching your cousin who was an alcoholic wilt away and on his deathbed he finally passed away and you like you know what i mean like it's just like that bro it's just like that and all this podcast is describing, like, how do you create and not, like, all these ideas that you create, that you have in your head, how do you make them potent? How do you make them puncture society in order to change what they, you know, ch- change the patterns and the fates of these people? Like, that is literally what this is all. How do you create a culture the same way these negative ideas, they have a culture around them that people, like, like a cult, like, put on these masks and put on these outfits and gather around the fire and praise and worship all their fucking good-ass lives that they're wasting how do you create a culture like that? How do you create a culture that's positive that people feel the way people have through throughout history, like people like Russell Brunson, people like Tony Robbins? How do you create a culture and how do you make that unpopular opinion of living a decent, happy, healthy life popular all over again? Then I want to tell you all a story. You know, I, I know I've been hammering this point home for months and months and months, but I want to tell you a story. Um, I have a, a, a homeboy, man, super super close to me. I've known him since like elementary school. Um, I've known him since like fourth grade. He's one of my, you know, one of my close friends. Um, and I love this dude to death, man. He's somebody that I always could come to and talk to because we're like, kind of like, we are interested in some of the same things, you know? And so we speak about some of the same things. We have some of the same aspirations and some of the same ideas. And we talk all about changing the world. And that's the only thing we would ever talk about. And we would bounce back and forth. So in his heart, I know this is in his heart because he's just like me. This is all we ever talk about in his heart. And in my heart, and in my heart for him, the only thing has ever been making a lasting impact, creating a positive culture on the world, making things change, okay? And so that's that's all that's been looping in his mind since the day that I met him, okay? And so recently, um, you know, we've we've been since, like, since we've become adults really just trying and, 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 and you know, because we both like music and things like that, we've been trying to find resources and ways and things like that where we can actually break into the world and promote and push our messages out, which is kind of the point of this podcast, you know, uh, and kind of going on this marketing journey. How do we speak in a way that actually 
creates a culture around the ideas that we want to push into society and creates a following of people who understand and relish and, and, and love these ideas. And so me and him are going back and forth and we've been formulating for years and years strategies and plans to do that. And we've been working on it actively and trying to push, you know, uh, albeit in slightly different venues. Um, I love music too. I'm going to drop albums. I'm going to transition to music after all this is done. But, um, you know, he's been doing the music. He's been writing raps and writing songs and things like that. Um, and trying to market them, trying to post up the videos and things like that, trying to post it on like Spotify and iTunes just to get it out to the world, carrying the message that he believed in since day one. And, you know, that's has always been reflected throughout his life, throughout his social media. But more recently than ever, like the conversations between him and I have, you know, developed a different, you know, a different layer to him, a layer that I really don't really understand. It's a layer uh, of some of the same things that we've been opposing. And I've been looking at some of his stories on like Facebook and Instagram and, you know, Twitter, you know, some, you know, just things like that. And I was talking to my girl, like I was the other day, like I'm wondering, like, wait, I wonder if he's okay. Like, I, I wonder what's wrong with him. Uh, I wonder if something's going on in his life personally. And so I reached out to him and I started talking to him. It's been a while since I talked to him. And, uh, you know, we just talked back and forth. And I, I didn't really ask him about it, but there was nothing that appeared to be out of normal in his particular life. It just seemed that some new ideals had taken root in his brain that I really didn't quite understand. And I felt was negative and detrimental for him. Okay. But then I go back to Instagram and I'm looking at his stories and I'm like, all the topics that people who whose lives are kind of falling apart, who, who are obsessed with fear, who are obsessed with anger, all those types of ideas were starting to appear on his timeline. And I was talking back to him from my girlfriend, like, what, what the heck's going on? And uh, I don't know how, it was kind of, just kind of serendipitously in, a, in the midst of a random conversation. It was like, oh yeah, by the way, so-and-so, this person actually had joined Twitter and they made a Twitter account. And I'm like, like I'm looking at it like, okay, well, I got like I, I don't know. It just blew my like I put two and two together in that instant moment, and like I said, this is a child for like I've knew this dude since like very 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 young, and he's never thought or said any of these things. But I guess you could just put two and two together. Like oh, he joined Twitter culture and he became Twitter, and now his mind is looping over things that Twitter tells him to, and essentially as time goes on a lot of his originality his original feelings to the world his original sentiments things that can heal the world is being lost to the culture and the parasite of twitter culture that's now annexing his mind and making him feel fear and making him feel hate and making him feel all these negative things and um like looking at this guy's story like looking at this guy's story looking at his demeanor and looking at the way his life is changing and his loss of interest in some of the things that can propel us in life and the universe forward it, like the idea kind of just manifested and appeared in my mind like without a shadow of a doubt like this isn't the first time because I've talked about this on this podcast multiple times but you know it just was like a, a more of a confirmation of some of the things that I've already thought of and some things that I already believed and so here's the idea that I'm trying to bring to you with that story a lot of what our mind consists of and I'm going to go into a lot deeper like when I've really like the, or, or, like the origins of when I discovered this and a lot more deeper stories in other episodes but I'm just like it's a brief abridged version of this episode but a lot of what our mind considers and a lot of what our mind obsesses over is is media we talked about this in uh, if you want to listen to like a more lengthy version of this conversation right here go to the uh, Inception episode um, I don't know the title of it, so let me actually go and get the title for you and not be lazy on this podcast tonight um, it's about 5.30 a.m. in L.A., by the way. I'm walking around, letting you guys hear the traffic and uh, things like that. 
Hold on, I'm trying to find my own podcast on iTunes. Come on, stop. There we go. Okay, so yeah, if you go back to episode 26, is can thoughts be implanted in our mind without our knowledge? It kind of talks about a lot of this uh, idea in a, like a more extended and, and detailed way. So I definitely recommend you listen to that episode. It's about two hours and six minutes long, super long episode. But um, what I'm saying about it is is like our minds are a little reflection of a reflection of media most of the time. Media literally creates a lot of culture you know media just pot like like and, and it's not just media as in the tv like media is literally what drives a lot of people's thoughts okay people's thoughts are being created and 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 and, and plopped into their mind and being tended to them like these thoughts that are alien thoughts it's like having ant like 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 a cancer cell in your body being planted by a foreign like like a, like let's say you you know like the monset you know one of those uh Monsanto or whatever it was called chemical they would spray it on plants and because of the like the chemicals in the spray a lot of people got cancer from it last year and so that foreign agent came to your body and created cancer in a cell okay so that foreign information came from the media uh, or media I say media as in like what we say and what we post our tweets that's media too um not just like media like the television and none of this is on purpose like I don't think media is like some manipulated super secret controlled being and someone's manipulating me to mind control us no like we're doing it to ourselves literally like it's just culture like but yeah the, the information gets injected in our body and there's a cancer cell and our body literally tends to and grows that cancer cell because that's what cells do and those ideas that are parasitic like we're growing them ourselves but they're implanted in us by media if you look at like some of the thoughts that a lot of people have it's a direct a direct reflection of what they're learning what they're hearing the thoughts and ideas that they're having on media and it's interrupting and actually stifling their own internal wisdom and own internal intuition that tells them things that are actually true about the world okay people believe in you know not correct opinions or correct truths but rather popular ones um and like i said the things that they see most prevalently in the media um and i feel like it really stops a lot of our own original thought and a lot of our own positive thought and it just happens so that a lot of what we are getting from the media you know our facebook channels our twitter channels our instagram channels literal news um things like that are negative parasitic ideas that are tearing us apart and so i say people you know people's minds and culture at large is dictated by the media to say this i think and you can look at ideas like you know because even the meat like the media is consistent of media channels okay and not every idea oh, this is just such a getting way more complex I'm, I'm trying to make this episode as short as possible like the media is consistent of media channels and Twitter and Instagram and things like that are just media channels okay and, and not every idea you know I think culture is going the way it does because not every idea has access to the same degree of media channels as other ideas Okay, so like if I come up with an idea, the only media channel that idea can take is my podcast. If so, it's just a positive idea. But it just so happens I feel like the world has gotten so far away from its core and it's been so obsessed with negativity and all the wrong things that it's caused like, like in humans, we have an inherent negativity bias already, but it's caused a over like a, like a hyper version of that. And like we are so in love and obsessed with media. All media channels are now incentivized because they get the most clicks and ratings and things like that to post negative, fake, nasty, parasitic news. And so 
we're like uh, uh, we're, we're, we're digesting this media and we want more of this bad stuff it's like uh, we're like food and a lot of us are hooked on sugar and sugary foods and nasty foods that don't belong in our body but those are not the best things for us but anyway we just want more and more and more and more of it like the media is kind of the same way rotten information just like the rotten food we get and things like that okay and so when it comes to really good ideas they usually come from individuals who broke away from that cycle like very few people are like oh eat the cab eat the cabbage eat the celery don't eat the the mcdonald's or whatever very few people are like that and so when very few people are like that they can only have their channels to to to, to you know spread those ideals with and create culture with but bigger ideas like bigger negative colossally negative ideas they get a lot of clicks they hit the the world's media channel like like they hit the most like the highest degree of media channels the quickest like the idea of George Floyd, for example, boom, it's, it's an idea that will cause a lot of mass hysteria and, and, and screaming and crying and a lot of negative emotions in a lot of cases, rightfully so. But it hits those media channels, boom, quickly, and it hits such a high degree of media channels, good ideas can't possibly keep up with it. Things like, like the coronavirus, it hits those media channels, boom, like it has access to the global, like, like the global channel as is what I'm gonna call it which the global channel is an assortment of channels but I'm calling it the global channel I'm talking about like the biggest stations the biggest newscasters the biggest podcasts negative ideas hit that channel that global channel very quickly and I think a lot of society can be changed a lot of culture can be changed if we can actually change the media that's being pumped into it in the degree to which we're pumping media into society I think that literally changes everything um because our minds are a little reflection of media. I think mass suggestion of the right ideas is what we need to counteract, you know, this frustrated feeling of having these conversations with people and them not understanding and not being able to make the impact that we want through the endeavors that we choose. I think a lot of that is stopped if we can actually push media at the same rate and combat that global channel through our own means, okay? But it's hard and a lot of people don't have the knowledge and the know-how to build cultures around their ideas and the things they say and and that's literally the point of this podcast um and i'm not the greatest at it myself and i'm still learning but oh man it's just there's 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 so much to say about it there's there's so much to say about it but i'm you know i'm 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 putting my money where my mouth is okay i'm putting my money as mouth is so even right now i'm coming up with this little idea that i want to tell you about which is another reason i turned this podcast because if you are somebody that has an idea okay and you want to push it into culture it's an unpopular opinion that people just like every good thing started as an unpopular opinion first off like heliocentrism the idea that you know we go around the sun and not the other way around it was an unpopular opinion and people got killed because of that idea the idea that the earth is freaking round people got killed for that idea it was an unpopular opinion and sometimes unpopular opinions are correct and actually healing and right and the things that we need to hear you know veganism or something like that maybe not necessarily veganism but more vegetables is an appropriate idea you know i don't know if all the way vegetables i think it's a balance actually but you know eating healthy is an unpopular opinion in a lot of cases you shouldn't drink the soda that's an unpopular opinion but these unpopular opinions are the things that need to be injected in healing like heal society with like I said, a lot of people aren't, you know, so if you're somebody that is like having conversations and you want to make a splash in the world and, and, and you want to like, especially if you're somebody who actually owns like a business and like you own a business and like, because that's how a lot of business started. Like we have this burning desire to tell the world something inside of us and 
you know, we get into business because we believe this is the machine, this is the conduit for actually expressing that idea because, because it's profitable, it can grow and grow and grow and the more the business grows, the ideas grow. But a lot of people get into businesses and they don't have, like the business they get into, they don't make the impact or don't spread the message they want with the business that they chose. Okay, and so a lot of people have this conundrum where they can make a lot of money, but they're not making a loud splash and not making culture and they're not changing the world with the things that they do. So particularly if you're into business, because I feel like by that point in time where you actually have a successful business, you're refined enough to the point where you understand what's a good idea and what's a bad idea because you, business is the ultimate self-help journey. We're going into a whole separate tangent of things. But what I wanted to say with this podcast episode, man, is look, if you're somebody that has ideas that's stuck inside you, you can't really push them out into the world and make a culture around them. Um... I want to help you with it. I want to do something about it. And so I'm getting people who have done this, people who have created culture, you know, people who have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners that listen to them and understand them and vibe what they feel and identify with what they feel. Like people like, you know, people that subscribe to like Russell Brunson and everything they teach, people who identify as funnel hackers and they're part of that movement uh, that was initially probably unpopular opinion that became popular. I'm getting a a list of like probably 30, 30, 20 to 30 people who've done that already, who've taken their opinion and made it into culture. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually put together, uh, I think the date will be September 30th, a summit of 30 different speakers who have created ideas that were unpopular and made cultures of raving fans around them uh, that pay them in their business to actually help them, you know, live it within that culture um i'm doing a summit uh, of 30 of, the, of these 30 different speakers and i'm going to actually have them come on and i'm going to interview them live about how it is that they've taken these ideas and pushed them out into the world and created a culture around it how insane does that sound how insane does that sound um those are really i don't really have any details on this event yet or some yet it's going to be a completely free summit um absolutely free you don't have to pay anything all you have to do is go and register for the summit and it'll be like three days 10 speakers each day and they're each going to break down the blueprint of how they made cultures around their unpopular opinion how they made their unpopular opinion a popular opinion and you know on top of that because i'm so sick and tired of the games that we play in the modern world with people not being able to express themselves in the way they see fit and not be able to live in their truth because the mass doesn't understand we're going to go and we're going to get <laughs> um not political because i don't want to say political but we're going to get extremely unpopular we're going to go all the way in some of the like i see a lot of people on social media um posting a lot of things that they that they believe in mail maybe a lot of these things that i don't believe in or i don't personally resonate with but i see a lot of people posting like batting out against wearing masks batting out against you know uh child trafficking and and how that has to do with the coronavirus and you know the way they vote for the presidency and all these different things and i a lot of these leaders i think some of them have bad opinions or not bad opinions some of them have opinions that i don't agree with but i think they have a lot of power in them and that I want them to share these opinions. So we're going to be sharing also a lot of those opinions on it. But really what it's about is it's going to be a summit, like I said, of 30 speakers. And they're going to share how they turned their unpopular opinion into a subculture of raving fans that pay them to help them live in that opinion. Like how they how they taken that opinion and made a, essentially a business around that opinion that helps not only them get money, and but it also helps promote the opinion to the world. Um, 
it's going to be insane, 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 insane summit. And one of the angles that I want to talk about on this summit is cancel culture because people who are designers, as I discussed in earlier episodes, um, I'm actually going to look on here because I actually want to remember what the episode was. Cancel culture is a parasite. It was is episode twenty three on this podcast? I talk about how cancel culture is literally the opposite of what we believe in on this podcast. It's literally destroying design. It's literally destroying innovation. But what I think a lot of people don't talk about, especially in the entrepreneurial uh, community, because a lot of entrepreneurs are freaking saps and they suck, um, is the fa- is the soft cancel. What people don't what people don't realize is the soft cancel. And the soft cancel is like when you come into a game with fresh and green eyes, and green eyes. You're green behind the ears, but you quickly learn and start modeling what culture is. Like a lot of entrepreneurs have these insane, crazy ideas in the very intro of their careers. But what they do is they fall into what I call a soft cancel, which they start looking up to people like that, like the icons that everybody knows and love. They look up to Russell Brunson, they look up to Tyler Bates, they look up to Gary Vee, they look up to Grant Fordon. And those insane ideas start to become more and more tame as they start to adopt the ideologies of these people that they look up to. And so these people might be like me, for example, I wake up at 7 a.m., I go to sleep at 7 a.m. I go to uh, and I and I wake up at 4 p.m. Okay, but then I'll start listening to Grant Cardone or something like that, and he say wake up at 5 a.m. and I start waking up at 5 a.m. That's a soft cancel of the idea ideologies that I had. Okay, and so we're gonna even go even further in this summit and talk about you know talk about that like how people have been avoiding some like like talking about how to take the ideologies that you have like this you're having and fine-tune them so that they never hit that point of you know soft canceling like if you look at social media like a lot of people oh, this is I, I might just make this a separate podcast so i'm super excited as you can tell as you look if you look at social media you might have a trouble about just like sharing your ideas or, or pushing your ideas out into the world because you don't want to be like everybody else in that domain you don't want to fall into the soft cancel you don't want to just be another voice lost amongst the noise who's saying the same thing everyone else is saying and so we're going to talk about how these actual thought leaders made culture uh, of raving fans around what they believe in and how they avoided the soft cancel in the process. It, it's it's going to be an insane summit. Uh, like I said, it's going to happen September 30th. Um, so be there or be fucking square. Um, I don't mean to curse so much in this podcast. So I'm, I'm just really amped up. It's 5 a.m. in the morning and I haven't slept. Because I don't sleep till like 7. <laughs> like legitimately. But um, man, I'm just ramped all the way up. I'm excited. I'm happy. And I want you to get to a place where... Like, and that's what the grand design is about. Like, the grand design is, you know, what happens when we teach. Gotta wait till this truck pass because it's been annoying. The grand design is what results in the world when everybody feels they have the ability to express their own unique, unique ideologies and they have the tools to convince society to gather around it in the form of a mass movement. If everybody who had a great and bright idea, if everybody could express the visionary inside of them and had the know-how to have people align with that vision, like, like if everybody unlocked their inner Steve Jobs and, and, and like had the know-how to make an Apple formulate behind that, what could we, what would the world look like? Like the grand design is a vision of what the future is. Like what the future, when everybody unlocks their inner Steve Jobs, the grand design is literally like what, what, like the future that results. Like when we watch TV as kids, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the future that we were promised. The flying cars, the underground tunnels, the maglev shoes, the Nike Nike Air Mag off of freaking Back to the Future. Like, like this is what we were promised. Like, going, like, inter, interplanetary travel, that's the grand design. Buildings are all different colors and shapes, and they move, and they, they hover. Like, that is the grand design, and that's what happens when we get this information out to people. When people know how to create cultures around their beliefs, and they know how to prime those cultures to actually be, to actually thrive in the modern world, which is to take that idea and that culture and put it in the form of a business, the way somebody like a Chick-fil-A has, um, or somebody like a Russell Brunson has, has, that's when the world will be different. People, when that knowledge is readily, readily available, and that's what we intend to do with this summit, we're getting closer to the grand design, and I think it'll change everything. So like I said, the summit, I don't have any links for it yet or anything like that, but just look out for it. I'll talk about it in future podcast episodes. Um, it'll be September 30th. Uh, look, man, it's going to be insane. I'm beating a dead horse at this point. So if you enjoyed this podcast, I appreciate you so much, so much, so much, so much for listening. Please rate and review this freaking podcast. An honest rating, regardless of what you feel. I mean, I mean, whatever you feel. If you feel it sucks, tell me it sucks. I don't care. Just rate it and review this podcast, please. Um, and please subscribe. I want you to listen along and and. and and participate in the summit. Some of you probably will be invited to speak on this summit. It'll be absolutely insane. Um, I think I'm about calling it the uncancel yourself. Uh, I'm not going to tell you too much uh, details about the summit. I got a lot more details that I reveal in the next episode. Thank you, designers, so much. The sun's coming up with the horizon. It's absolutely beautiful. I appreciate you for listening to me rant when no one else in the world would. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Good night. True or false designers, ghost riders in the modern era are completely outdated and no one should ever use a ghost rider again. Okay, now look, I understand everyone wants to write a book because it is the most effective way to build tribe and community around your central ideas in a profitable way. I understand that. It is the best way to push your ideas out into the world in the form of mass movements. And this is throughout history. Think of the Communist Manifesto, <clears throat> think of the Bible, think of Mein Kampf. You know, every time you see an entrepreneur, ask him, how did he get started? He'll say, rich dad, poor dad. You know, he'll say, think and grow rich. The best way to induct people into your tribe is through a book, and there is no denying that. But a lot of people, they turn to ghostwriters because there is a gap between the ideas in their head and the words on paper. And that gap is filled with obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. And I understand that. These are some of the things that I've experienced. Tell me if this is familiar for you. Man, writing my first book, it was just like a soup of ideas in my head and I didn't know where to start. Is that something you've experienced? Like it's like ideas floating around and you don't really know how to structure it. Is that something that you've been through? Like, where do I even put this in this chapter? Da, 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 da. And then all these blogs, they make a freaking outline. No one wants to make a freaking outline. You know, I could spend that valuable time I spent making an outline actually writing the book. How about that? Another thing is time. No one has the freaking time to write a real book. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, you have business to take care of or, or a work to go to or family or actually life to enjoy that's not sitting at a freaking laptop you know well no one wants to spend 365 days of the year the entire summer sitting there two three hours a day crunching words on a freaking laptop 
It's completely redundant. It's ridiculous. You know? Um, that's just even daunting to think about. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine months to put a book together in one that you're not even sure how to publish or market yet. It's an insane amount of work for nothing. And another reason is that some people just might not be good at writing. Just simple and flat out. Is that something that you've experienced? Like, think about it. Like, sometimes writing is just freaking hard and not everybody was born a writer. No one's born. And so for these reasons, for these reasons, people turn to these writing coaches and these ghost writers, but, and this is coming from the position of a former ghost writer who's ghost written for people with businesses. Okay. Uh, they never really get what they're asking for. And the reason for that is this, and tell me if you've experienced this, like, also, have you worked with a ghostwriter and they've given you something back and you're just like, eh, well, there's like 100% of my clients probably have felt that way throughout history. And the reason is because ghostwriting is like playing a game of telephone. You know, when you tell somebody a phrase and then you tell another person and you tell another person, and by the time you get back to the line, you probably played play this in high school, by the time you get to the back, you know, the last person, they say the phrase and it's something completely different. When you pass your ideas through the mind of another human being, those ideas will not come out their mind or come out there in their writing without being tainted by their own mind. It's like telling a painter to paint your girlfriend and giving them like descriptions and things like that. Um, not really going to work out. You'll probably still accept it like, eh, this is the best we can get with the system that we're using, but it's not going to be the product that you actually asked for because it's coming through his perception. And because of that, ghostwriters are flawed. And I say this and I admit this as a ghostwriter. But I have good news for you. We're not living in the 1800s anymore where we need scribes. <laughs> you know, we don't. Ghostwriters should never be used by anyone on this face of this planet after this year. You know, you know? so I have a solution for you. This is the way that we do it at Memoir Launch. Think of your book. Whatever your book might be, however big it might be, I don't care if your book is 500 pages long. That's a big, time-consuming, expensive, and complex thing. And on top of that, ghostwriters like to cost 25 grand for the subpar work they do, okay? Think about your book. 500 pages is a massive, complex thing, right? Now, I, I like to be challenging. So I believe we can get your book done from cover to cover for way less expensive than a ghostwriter. And exactly in your voice, crystal clear, 100% satisfaction in a span of seven days or less. Now, you might be like, uh, that's kind of impossible. No, it isn't. We don't live in the 1900s anymore. We live in the future. And so how do we do that at Memoir Launch? The way we do that, just to keep it simple and not too complex, we rely on voice writing technology. We rely on you know machine learning, artificial intelligence to take that gap between the ideas in your head in actual text and shrink it like we like we crush it into a span of seven days through new technology and methods let me explain to you how this process kind of works. you have these soup of ideas in your head and you don't know how to organize anything from anything we get a little specialized team for you maybe one or two people and we do an interview series with you to bounce back and forth and kind of organize your ideas in a way that's actually like uh, it reads well one and step two it's actually effective because a lot of books you put them out into the world and they like no one cares about them it's like you know they're not effective because those are books a book is like a letter what we write for you is called a sales memoir i'm not trying to get too complicated so i'm going to just completely explain this very briefly a book is like a letter a sales memoir is like a sales letter 
Sales memoirs are the books that indoctrinate your audience and makes them join your tribe by default. Books like, like, like I said, Dot Com Secrets. You read Dot Com Secrets by Russell Brunson, you will become a funnel hacker because it's structured in that way. Most people write, read the Bible, they will become a Christian. Most people in the 1940s, they read the Communist Manifesto because of the way the ideas in the book were structured and you will become a communist. But how, it is, how is it that we structure our ideas in a way that reads well and place them in a book in a way that also indoctrinates? So that's step one. It's a small little interview series. You know, you kind of just talk about everything that you like. <laughs> you know, you, whatever you rant about on a daily basis, you just rant to us. A lot of people describe this process as therapeutic or whatever. And after we do that entire process, we take the audio and all we do, no matter if your book is 200, 300, 400 pages long, we just feed it to the AI. And immediately it pops out something that does not require a bunch of freaking editing from a freaking expensive editor, because these editors are ridiculously priced. It doesn't require a $25,000 ghostwriter. It doesn't require any of that. So what happens after that? Well, you get your manuscript first and foremost, and then second, that same team comes along with you in the third phase of the process, we publish the book for you, and then we begin to work on a little marketing campaign to actually get that idea in your head out into the world in a form of a mass movement, okay? Like all the thought leaders in the modern world has. How Tony Robbins has a book, how Russell Brunson has a book, how Frank Curran, everyone has a book. And it's following the same strategy and process they, has, they have. Now you might be thinking, this is too good to be true. Uh, <laughs> you know, go see for yourself. You know, if you're interested in this process, if you're interested in being part of the memoir launch beta, and it is in beta, and because it's in beta, you're getting a very, very, very one-time extreme discount. But if you want to be part of this beta and potentially get your book done, because it depends on your schedule also, in seven days flat, perfectly in your voice, and deliver it to your house in a hard copy and published then just click the link in the bio below of any of these podcast episodes. It'll be a link to like a website where you can join the waiting list. And when Memoir Launch is ready to launch, we'll start calling people on the waiting list. It's first come, first serve. And so if you sign up late, well, you're gonna get called pretty late. Um, but sign up for the waiting list. It'll be a link below. It'll be the only link below. And uh, once you sign up for the waiting list, we'll be in contact with you shortly and we'll help you launch your first sales memoir to the world okay well uh i don't really know if i have anything else to say about that sounds like a cool process though right well this is uh dallas from memoir launch and i just explained to you the best way to profitably push your ideas out into the world in a form of mass movements so like i said if you're interested in that click the link uh here in the podcast notes in the description whatever you want to call it and man, I really, 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 uh, the business, you know, the mission of this business, there's a handicap, you know, on writers in the world. There's a huge gap between ID and text. And a lot of people are handicapped. They can't clear that gap. And it's the mission of this business to invent technology that erases that gap once and for all. So I want you to be part of this cause, man. I really look forward to speaking to you. I look forward to working with you. I look forward to like, knocking this out of the park and welcoming the future with open arms so i'm not going to go on on and on but uh like i said if you're interested in being part of the beta if you're interested in being part of the future um 
click down below. Uh, for the beta also, the entire process of marketing your book, um, designing campaigns to actually launch that thing out to the world, completely free by the way, completely free. And so click down in the bio below. It'll be a link down there. Uh, without further ado, you know I suck at closing things out. This is Dallas from Grand Design and from Memoir Launch. And I look forward to speaking with you and actually helping you get these ideas out, man. Peace.